Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm Drake Pittman. And I am Shane Murray. Mason, I'm sorry. I know I always said my first podcast on location would be at Twisted <laughs> Barley, but that is not happening. We Some, are on location today. Yep, sometimes uh, the stars align. My goal today is to not get you fired. I would greatly appreciate that. That would be Because if our guests ask goal. any questions, buddy, I'm just telling him the truth. I well, would like that also. Mom, yeah. Mama, Mama didn't raise fired. a liar. Mama uh, we, we do not need uh, Shane fired. See? Yeah. <laughs> Folks. Shane does not need Shane fired either. That would be terrible. Shane's wife would be <laughs> upset. And then she'd be mad at me because I got him fired. Yeah. So, how's it going here? We're here oh, at is, your yeah. workplace. Yeah, this is this is the, the place of business. The new Bill Penny Toyota of Jasper. I'm excited about it. I've loved it. Uh, I've loved it from the get-go. I was excited even when I found out the takeover was happening, the buyout, however you want to phrase it. Yeah, I was excited. Man, I get giddy about episodes, but for this one, I was like, I'm kind of out of my comfort zone because I've been used to being in that room in that little studio for two and a half years, and I'm like, I'm leaving the Thunderdome for the first <laughs> time. I was like, what, what How the many going on? 66. Yeah. This will be 67. Shout yep. out to our Winston County family. There you That's go. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do a big thing for our 64th episode, and then I, yeah, I just kind of forgot that it was our 64th <laughs> episode. When you get rolling, you just forget. That's right. But uh, you doing good, pal? I am. How are you? Man, I went hiking today. Okay. Kind of getting ready for the Colorado trip. That's fair. But Shane, That's fair. I'm going to let you bring our guest in because, oh. like I said, we're at your place of employment. Uh, that feels fair. We're going to try to behave today because yeah. everybody, all our listeners know. We don't just interview anybody on this podcast. No. If you got something going on in Walker County, are you just you just a friend mm-hmm. that helps us spread the positive message? We don't interview just anybody. So everybody's special that comes oh, yeah. on this podcast. Oh yeah. So you go ahead and bring in our guest today. Well, today with us we have the pride of Elizabethton. Did I pronounce it right? Elizabethton. Elizabethton, Tennessee. Mr. Hunter Johnson. C O O? COO and partner of all Bill Penny Motor Company. Yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Holy shit. So, like, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm here. That's I'm here. a lot. Yeah. Nothing special. I'll tell you what, I've been working my ass off for a long time yeah. to uh, get to this point. Absolutely. And super, super happy, super proud to uh, be at this beautiful store to be able to uh, kind of take over uh, where the Crumps has left off because they had a great name in this industry. Mm-hmm. Been here for over 50 years passing the torch from one legacy store to the next legacy store. So I'm super stoked, and uh, I know this is going to change a lot of lives and a lot of amazing things are going to happen, just yeah. like Mr. Shane working with us. Uh, yeah. When Shane told me that he's former military Air Force guy, Air Force. Yes, he sir. had me at hello. Yes, sir. Were so, you in the military? I was. What'd you, yep. what, what branch? So I was in the Army. Oh. I, I was in the Army. I was an airborne soldier. I was a 13 Bravo. Uh, you know, going back from, like he said, Elizabeth in Tennessee, uh, if everybody remembers, Mr. Jason Winton played football. Yeah. He's going to be a Hall of Famer yeah. uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Played one year with the Raiders. He came from my same hometown. So, okay. we played sports together. Uh, so, I, I was a big football, basketball player. And, you know, had, had to make a decision. Do I want to go to school or do I want to uh, get in the workforce? And my dad was in the military for 21 years. Uh, me and my brother was born in Fort Knox, uh, Kentucky. My okay. sister was born in Fort Benning, Georgia. So I had an opportunity to go play college football or go to the military, and I knew my butt needed some, uh, some growing discipline. up to do. Some, I some quick growing up, yep. <laughs> so I, instead I went to the military. Yep. You know, hey. I took a great – I mean, I'm telling you, when I was 19 years, I took a great beach trip after a graduation. Had to wait about 30 days, then I joined the Army. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. Is that why you joined? Because you needed some, like – 
Yeah, absolutely. Structure of morals. I feel like, and you can probably attest to this, more often than not, that's just about everybody's why are you here story. That's right. You know, there was something going on with them personally where they just kind of had that realization of like, if I don't do something drastic to change this, I might end up going the wrong way in life. (laughs) Funny you say that, Shane. Uh, I come, like I said, come from uh, the Tri-Cities. My high school, I think I graduated with maybe 83 people in my senior class. Never Shout out to, to our Summerton Christian listeners. Yeah. Real small local school here. Real small. My, dad, my 36 might be 36. their biggest graduating well, class. We, we were definitely a single-A school. Uh, I never went to school with a black person, African-American. So my first uh, kind of me getting around, that was the military. Mm-hmm. So the military was very easy for me. The physical fitness, I was a... I had a PT patch. I was I did all that good stuff. But the hard things is getting through into a bay with 62 different people yep. from all over the country. It's a culture shock. New York to New Jersey to Texas, Miami. It is a culture shock. But the cool thing was my first best friend, his name was Darrell Purdy from Anchorage, Alaska. Big old black guy. Big old attitude. And the reason he was there was the courts made him come to, to uh, the military. Yep. So he either go to prison or go to the military. So he came to the military, and I was like, I need to team up with that guy. He's there you big. go. There you go. <laughs> Smart. That's who I want on my side. <laughs> I want him on my side, for sure. So how long How long did you serve in the Army? So I did three years uh, active and then uh, five years inactive, so a total of eight years uh, total. And, okay. You know, uh, the military was great. I, I, I needed the structure. I needed mm-hmm. you know, I needed to get in there and get going. And uh, my first week there uh, – First day, they put me in charge. You know how everybody's in charge of their line. You got your elements and all that. That's right. Uh, And after two days, the drill sergeant, and I'll never forget it, drill sergeant Lang, he's a big old guy, came to me and said, "Uh, Private Johnson, uh, you're not in charge anymore. And I said, Drill Sergeant Lang, did I do something wrong? He's like, no, you did everything correct. And you're a natural-born leader. You don't need to be in charge. You need to groom these other people to be in charge. So the next 13 weeks, because I was doing AIT also, you're not going to be in charge, but I expect you to help these guys along. And at the time, it, it made me mad. Yeah. But uh, kind of feel I, like something's being taken away from you, but was. not seeing the that's right the military's favorite quote: "Bigger picture." The bigger picture, they yep. they knock you down and build you back up. Mm-hmm. That knocked me down, but I quickly built it back Started up. Started building up. It was good, you know. I, I, like I said, I was a PT master fitness, and I won a as a fast tracker that won a slot to go to airborne school. So I got to go to Fort Benning, Georgia, jump out of planes. Uh, you know, I went to a lot of places, got to see, go to NTC, the Mojave Desert, got to go to Kuwait, Camp Doha. I was over there when the USS Cole got blew up in Yemen. Okay. So I was there at the same time. So got to see a lot of the world. So if I had never went to the military, I'd have never seen those things. That's, that's pretty dope. That's exactly where I was at with it too, was from small town Walker County. I, I feel like Elizabethton is probably right there along the same lines. Without it's a doubt. Yeah. Small community. Everybody kind of knows everybody. So getting to join the Air Force literally opened the world up to me. It did. And, you know, the Tri-Cities where I come from, uh, everybody knows the Tri-Cities because it's Johnson City, Kingsport, and Bristol, Mm -hmm. okay? And Bristol Motor Speedway, I grew up probably 15 minutes away from Thunder Valley, the fastest uh, half mile in the world. Got to, I was going there selling earplugs when I was in seventh grade, <laughs> making money. I mean, I started off really, really early being an entrepreneur. I was going to say, so your business mind has been I, has I been was, growing yes, for a uh, long I, I time. Bought, uh, earplugs for five cents, and I sold them for five dollars. Yep. I learned real quick. Supply and demand, baby. <laughs> Supply and demand. Quick. Those profit <laughs> margins. <laughs> he was learning real quick. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah. 
Uh, then he's trying to figure out how to get them for a penny. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Still going to sell them for $5. Hey, you could, you could. You just had to buy like 20000 <laughs> Hey, though, that, I like that. Like grooming your mind to yeah. be that way. Yeah. To right. be a leader, to think for yourself, to take initiative early on. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot of, that's something like this generation doesn't really pop on. No, they're definitely not getting out there in the street, just uh, cold calling and just uh, trying to make money on the side. Uh, a lot of them now say out of work, need help, and get, try to get a handout instead. Mm-hmm. Where we is out there trying to just run down every person and let them know why they need earplugs because Bristol Motor Speedway is loud. loud. <laughs> but I was lucky. Uh, my basketball coach, my football coach, really took me under their wing. Uh, my mother, my mother was from Korea, so when I, my dad was in the military, he went to Korea and he brought back his wife had three kids and she went back to Seoul, Korea when I was 15 months old. So my dad raised me as a military baby and he raised us by himself. So, uh, I got my work ethic and kind of learned from him yeah. way back then. And, uh, you know, n- never looked back. So continue to work. So I was lucky. My football basketball coach kind of was that absent mother, that mm-hmm. father for me because he retired from waste management after he retired from the military. So he was gone all day. So if I had to get to, uh, get to play sports, I had to thumb for a ride there. I had to get people's parents to take me back. But I didn't let that deter me. You know, if, no. if I wanted it, I knew I had to make it happen myself. Your your goal was getting there and That's being right. being active in it. That's right. Let everything else fall as it may afterwards. Hundred percent. Whatever 100%. whatever you need to do to ensure that you're where you want to be, basically. That's right. And you know, in small towns like that, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. And a lot of other things that you do on the side, and you don't want to have babies. So mm-hmm. that's only really the things you can do in yep. small, small towns because my closest to get to the closest McDonald's was 18 miles away. Golly. Yes, sir. Take me back to living in Thatch. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Man. Yeah. When it took me 15, well, no, it took like 25 minutes to get to Walmart. I was like, this is Man, brutal. Dude. But your eyes are wide open when you got there. <laughs> Peace over convenience. So yeah. It's like, yeah. Now I live right here smack in the middle of Jasper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you grew up all around that, did were you a NASCAR fan? No, I really wasn't a NASCAR fan. I'd never watch it on TV, but the first race I watched was when Darren Earnhardt Sr., wrecked Labonte going across the finish line. He wrecked him going across the finish line, and that's when I was like, I'll watch it live any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It is a different beast when you watch a live sport. So, obviously, grew up in Bristol. Uh, I watched a lot of Bristol races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how golf is. Everybody's like, how do you watch golf? It's so boring. I'm like, have you ever been to a real like live golf tournament, though? Yeah. Seeing how those jokers actually hit the ball and yep. stuff, it's, like, it's a game changer. I'll be at Augusta on August the 10th watching the par three contest. Be my first time going to the Masters, but I'll be there in a, a couple days, actually. Yeah. Be, it's yeah. coming pretty soon. April 10th. April 10th. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, we are right there. I'm jealous. I, I can't wait. It's it's going to be exciting. Go, oh, go yeah. see all the guys doing a part. You know, the par three contest is really fun-loving. Mm-hmm. All the greats come back. to So, to get to see Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus, some Tiger Woods action – and getting to really be around them. It's the only day you can actually use your phone, take pictures. Yeah. The other times they don't let you. And uh, everybody who says to go says it's probably one of the best sporting venues you can go to. Yeah. And back in the day, in the early, uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, Bristol Motor Speedway and the Masters was the two hardest tickets to get in the country. That was the two biggest sport events. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Masters has kept going, and they have – 
the when they tried to widen the track when uh, I think it was uh is it Bruton mm-hmm. Bruton Smith Bruton I think, Smith yeah Bruton Smith when he bought it he tried to widen the track where they could go three and four wide and it kind of ruined it yeah because there was a lot of wreck. people went to Bristol to see wrecks yep and uh, and actually they've changed it back and now last year was the first year they did a dirt track so they are they had to bring in a lot of dirt yeah it was super super cool <laughs> that's sick yeah it was awesome I went to college at Lee in Cleveland okay, okay. so I'm like kind of just diagonal from there yep yep uh it's really close uh lincoln memorial university yeah. up that way yeah yep. definitely i loved it up there man mm-hmm. i always thought i always told her about i was like i'm gonna move back mm-hmm. and then i met my wife so i was like well hey, she doesn't want to move everybody tennessee. says east tennessee and up that way is god's country yes i'll beautiful. agree beautiful shane's boy morgan wallen will agree with you oh yeah huge morgan wallen <laughs> yeah, morgan wallen I don't give a shout out to Miss Amber Aaron. She just went to the Morgan Wallen concert. Saw her the her day Dakota. after. Yep. Yeah. Saw her the day after. Told her I was, I I couldn't be more envious. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I saw all the Facebook pictures right. and all that, and I was yeah. just sitting there boiling. I was That's like. Right. Cause that was the same night he brought out Ronnie Dunn okay. and performed yeah. with him. And I was like, I mean, that's an all-time bucket list right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so when you got out of the military, did you go to like college or anything? So yeah, I went to the military, number one, to grow up a little bit and to get the Montgomery GI Bill. Every time you're a soldier, you get anywhere 45,000. I think mm-hmm. it's went up from then. And I got out, which I went to some uh, community colleges while I was in uh, the military. And I got out and I started going to East Tennessee State University. So I was a buccaneer. And I went to go get a business degree. So I did about three semesters. And while I was doing it, my sister had been at Grindstaff Chevrolet. It was an all-American brand. It was a Chevrolet Ford Chrysler Dodge Jeep uh, store. And they had a big used car supercenter. And she would have been there almost 18 years. Okay. So she'd been working in the car business for a long, long time. Her husband was also the finance director. So they was like, hey, Hunter, you, you got the gift of gab. You've mm. never met a stranger. And I was like, really? They was like, you ought to be a used car salesman. And if you come, we'll let you work part-time while you're going to school. You need to stay active, do something, not just go to school. So I was like, I'll try it out. And after I sold my third car, I knew it was my calling. I knew this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And at the time, my old school, the Unica High School, said, Hunter, we want you to come back and be a football coach, a basketball coach. Will you come back and be a teacher? And I was really considering it. And one of my coaches was like, Hunter, if it's not about, it can't be about the money. If you do be a teacher, it's got to be about the kids. You got to love the kids if you want to do this. And after I sold my third car, I called my football coach. He is actually the principal of Science Hill High School right now. That is where Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier Stadium, mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier played football there. Uh, and then he went on to win the Heisman at Florida and coach Florida Gators. Uh, I called Coach Barnett and said, Coach, I think I've found my calling. Yeah. He's like, What? I was like, I'm a car salesman. <laughs> He's like, you're a what? I was like, I'm a car salesman. I sell cars. And he was like, well, well, why do you like it? I was like, it is the best job I've ever had. He's like, you've only been doing it a couple days. I was like, you get to meet so many people. You get to help them. It's the second biggest purchase in their life next to buying a house. It is a huge, just huge. And the fulfillment you get of helping that person find the car they want to to get their automotive dream, I was like, it's none other to like being in a football scoring a touchdown. That rush mm-hmm. was great. And I was like, I, I, I think I love it. He was like, okay, let, let's see what happens. And then, you know, going, you know, fast forwarding about you know, I don't know, 18 years, no, 16 years later, 17 years later, when I got partnership in my first store, he called me and said, Hunter, I remember the day you called me and said, this is your calling. 
and now you own a Toyota store. Now you brought it to fruition. That's right. Yeah, I love it, it. It took me a long time to get it, and hey. just because I didn't want to settle, never wanted to settle. You know, so when I got in the car business, I sold cars for seven months, and the first six months I was salesman of the a salesman of the month. Six out of seven months. In that seventh month, they said we're going to put you in management. And at that time, I had to make a decision: Do I want to go to school, or do I want the on-the-job training? Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends. You know, when you come from a small area, a lot of people go get a business degree and things like that. And they said, "Hunter, I can't get a job. I've never managed no one. Hunter, I can't get a job doing this because they want you to be on the job. They want training. That how many people have you managed?" Yeah. They said, "If you can get the position in our town, the diploma doesn't mean a whole lot." The job time and management means a lot. So I listened to that. And, you know, my at the time, Eastman Chemical was a very, very big place in Kingsport, Tennessee. You know, my, uh, my first manager, Randy Blankenship, said, Hunter, I make more money than my brother. And he works at Eastman Chemical. He's an engineer. He went to school for eight years. What do you want to do? And I was like, I'll quit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I never looked back, Shane. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. So that, like you said, that was your hometown. That's right. So when did you, when did the, the branch out happen? So, you know, everything It's funny how everything happens in life. You know, I was there for seven years and I sold cars uh, for seven months. Then I went into finance. I became a secondary finance manager and I told all my bosses, I want to do this for 24 months. I really need to learn how to help bag credit customers. I got to learn how to maneuver with the banks. I need to know how to help customers get that loan approved. I want to do it for 24 months. And I did it for right around 17 months. And then they kept pulling at me saying, hey, we want you to run our primary finance department, dealing with good customers, dealing with all the banks, General Motors, Ford Motor Credit. So I went there and started that job. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do this for five years. I became the finance director of Little Detroit, and that's where their building was. Mm -hmm. So we were selling around, around 600 cars a month. So I was over all the finance managers at that time, and I did it for right around four years, eight months. And the reason I did that, I felt like I needed the foundation to be able to be a sales manager. Yeah. I sat there and seen so many sales managers come and go, come and go, get fired, and I didn't want to be another number. Just a revolving door, really? That's right. It is a revolving door. Mm-hmm. I've seen them move people from Florida, Ohio, Texas, you, you name it. They moved up here, uh, up to Elizabeth, and, and they got fired because you had to be very, very good at your job. you got to move a lot of metal to keep your job or it get, kind of get stagnant and they replace you. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did it my way. Then after seven years, I went across town and uh, worked for the competitor. Okay, and my brother-in-law, my brother, my sister still worked at this store, but they offered me a uh, opportunity to be the used car manager. And at the time, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to do it, uh, but I knew it was it's time for me to get away from the family and do my own thing. Yeah. So I left, went across town to Johnson City, and worked at Carl Gregory, Carl Gregory Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Uh, within three months, they made me the general sales manager, and I took over the whole store. So I ran the whole store there for about six years, and. Uh, I end up leaving to go to a Toyota store. And after I worked there for six years, I went to uh, Toyota Bristol. And the store was a very, very small store, only selling about 120 cars a month. It just wasn't my speed. So the Toyota rep wanted me to go run Toyota of Knoxville. So I was like, I'll try it. But it was an hour and 45-minute drive, one way. But I was committed, and I was committed because I wanted to see, can I be a big fish in a big pond? Mm -hmm. Because I really felt like, hey, I've kind of accomplished a lot of these smaller stores. Selling 600 cars is no yeah. no small store. But it was, again, 
four different franchises in one place. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to go try to see if I can run with the big dogs. Let me see if I can go to Terry Taylor AMSI store, which is about, they own like 120 stores. Uh, it's a big corporate store. You're just a number. And I got there, and within 30 days, I became in charge of uh, six uh, sales managers. So I figured out, I can do this. I can hang with these guys. I, I, can, I can hang, hang with hang these with guys. Uh, but I did not want to move to Knoxville at the time. I did not want to move my daughter, move, you know, kind of uproot my whole family and move. So I made the decision. I worked there for about four months, and I made the decision to go back home to Carl Gregory. And while I was at Carl Gregory, that's when Mr. Zach Penny called me. Zach Penny called me and said, Mr. Johnson, I've been calling all around the country. I need someone to run my new car department. And I was like, well, I don't want to make a lateral move. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm already running this new car department. I don't want to run, just move to do the same thing. So he made me a contract. I looked at it, and Carl Gregory came back and said, Hunter, we're going to make you the general manager. You're going to be the general manager in waiting. We'll match his contract. We don't want you to leave. So I went back to Zach Penny and said, Zach, I'm sorry. I can't mm-hmm. take the job. He's like, well, Hunter, if they didn't want you, I wouldn't want you either. I, I, I figured they were going to come back. So here's what I'll do. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> he, he would not take no for an answer. And I went back to my general manager. I was like, Gary, he still wants me to come over here. You need me to call him. I was like, no, I think I can handle it. And within another week or so, you know, I sat down and talked to Zach. And I said, Zach, I don't think I'm the right fit for your organization. He said, why? I said, well, I know you want to run your store with the Christian Foundation. I know how important that is for you. I was like, I'm not that guy. He's like, what do you mean you're not that guy? I was like, buddy, I'm an Army guy. Yeah. I cuss. I mean, I, I I'll like, get sideways I, on you. I was like, I'm a little <laughs> rough quick. around the edges, if you know what I mean. I'm a country boy from East Tennessee. I was like, I, I just don't know if I can be the big city boy because, I mean, they got 600,000 people in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can be that guy for you. And he's like, you're finally being real. He is like, I'm not going to church every day, to, you know, Bible-thumping people, seeing if you're in the pew on Wednesday and Sunday night. He's like, I need you to do one thing. I was like, what's that? Lead my store with servant leadership. I was like, what's servant leadership? He said, I want you to take care of my people and lead with your heart. I was like, I do that every day. I can do that. I was like, I fight in the trenches with my guys every day. But can I still cuss a little bit? He's like, you can still cuss. I was like, I'm in. Hell yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. So, Man, I know, you know some people that say I didn't really cuss until I became a preacher. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so in two that May the 13th of 2013, I moved to Huntsville, Alabama. And I left my wife and left my daughter in Johnson City. And I said, I'm going to go up there and try it out for 90 days. I was like, in 90 days, if it's meant to be, we'll find a place. We'll make it happen. So the first time I ever seen the store was the first day. I, first, well, I drove up there that night, that morning. Zach stopped by, picked me up, said, follow me to work. So he shows me a ho- around. He brings me into a manager meeting, and there's 23, 24 managers. Jeez. And I'm like, holy cow, this is a big place. And it is a very big store. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on 20 mm-hmm. acres in Huntsville. They got over 200-some employees. And they introduced me. Next thing you know, he's got a camera in my face. Fa- he's doing a uh, you know a Facebook Live. And I was just like, holy cow, what, what, what's it's going on? It's a whirlwind. On? It was. And after that, he's like, Hunter, what can I do for you? I was like, just stay out of my way. I was like, let me let me do my thing. Let me run my store. Let me uh, sell cars. And he's like, well, great. So you're telling me to I need to spend more time with my family? Yes. Uh-huh. You mean tell me to stay home more? Yes. Yep. He's like, well, matter of fact, I'm going to Africa tomorrow. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm actually going on a mission for the next two weeks. So only way I'll be able to talk to you is by email 
probably every other day. I'm like, <laughs> well, where's the bathroom at, Zach? Yes. He's like, well, let me show you the bathroom. This is the bathroom. This is the parking lot. I got to go. And literally, he left me. And that, that the next three days, I kind of observed, set back, and then we attacked. And uh, they hadn't hit their objective but one time in 18 months. And from the 13th on, we sold over 200 cars. We hit our objective, and we never looked back. And we turned that store into the number one volume store in the state of Alabama. We sell over 6,000 cars a year. And uh, it's kind of put us in the place to buy Bill Penny Ford, mm-hmm. to buy Bill Penny Chrysler Dodge Jeep, and now to buy Bill Penny uh, Toyota Jasper. Mm-hmm. So now we have five franchises under our belt. I never thought in a million years that Zach and the Pennies would uh, invite me to be a partner of their stores. It's a third-generation store, yep. family-owned store. I never never thought in a million years that would happen. But he invited me to be a partner of the store. Uh, had to pay a lot of money to be the partner of the store. Yep. And, uh, you know, it just kind of grew from there. You know, I went to General Manager Academy, at NADA, uh, got a lot of great training. And, you know, I could have always settled. And I could have went across the road and been a partner of a Hyundai store, a Kia store, and, you know, sell 50 cars. But that's just not my style. I wanted to run a big, big place. I want to have a lot of employees because I think the more people I could talk to, the more people's lives I can help because it's just not the employee. It's their wife. It's their kids. I feel like all of those people are underneath me, uh, and I have to help them all. So they're all under my umbrella, so I have to care about all their families. And, mm-hmm. you know, it means a lot to me. More than anything in the world is taking care of our employees, and that's our mission statement. Kind of yep. took you back to that selling the earplugs in the parking lot mindset of, well, I'm here for a purpose, and I'm going to deliver right. on that purpose. And, and, and the hardest thing is, is uh, you know, you know those saying, people that can't do teach, mm-hmm. okay? Well, I was a doer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard to take a doer to start teaching people. Okay. Uh, so I had to really take a step back and said, Hunter, how, how am I going to accomplish this mission? You know, and the thing about me, I'm very process oriented, process, 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 and organization is key for me. So everybody always says it's the three P's it's people, process, and product. At Toyota, it's the best product in the world. In the world. Yeah. And believe you me, selling Ford, selling Chevrolet, selling Chrysler Dodge Jeeps, selling Kias, nothing is better than a Toyota. And that's not me just being biased, unbiased, whatever you want to call it. I know with the support that Toyota gives, it's, it's numero uno. So they make it easy. Yeah. So now it's people in process. Mm-hmm. So it ain't it ain't easy finding great people. Okay. Right. But if you have a great process that you can plug people into, I'll show you something very, very special, a weld old machine. So how do you move that process, that thought of mind of I want my the my stores, my products to be the best, my services to be the best. Yep. You know, you you said Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, well you own those two too. So how do you carry over that mindset? Great question, Drake. You know, uh First, we had to accomplish the first mission, and that was getting Toyota and Mitsubishi and Huntsville to be the number one store in Alabama. And we did that. And what you have to do is you got to grow from within. A lot of people want to take shortcuts. And I tell everybody, shortcuts equal pay cuts. <laughs> and if you do a shortcut, you're, you're never going to get there. Yeah. And what the shortcuts are, they want to go out of town, town and, and hire hired guns. Mm-hmm. Let me go get this guy. He's experienced. Let me go get this guy. And what you usually get is someone else's problem. Okay. So what I try to do is grow from within. Uh, in our Huntsville store, six of our finance managers were salesmen for us. Five of my managers were salesmen. My service director started out as an advisor. So I really try to promote from within. I try to teach them our culture, our process, 
what our organization's about, and then kind of grow from there. So I put a lot of people in place. So then we wanted to reach out and said, hey, now we got enough people to go acquire other stores. So we started with Jasper Ford, okay? And if you ever, if you know anything about Jasper Ford or at the time Jasper, Jasper Chrysler Dodge Jeep, it had a bad reputation. Yep. And when yeah. I tell you a bad reputation, they couldn't even spell bad three little words. That's how bad it was. It I was drive a four Do- little words. I drive a Dodge and I didn't even buy from here. That's right. I mean, everybody was going to Coleman to have their yeah. car service, going to Birmingham to have their car service. And Did I that reached- play a factor in, in the decision to, to p- pick Jasper? Well, what happened is uh, a lot of people know Keith Domino. Keith Domino was a finance manager for me, and he worked at uh, Scott Crump, the former known Scott Crump, for many years. He came to work for me in Huntsville, and he worked for me for about three years, and he was commuting or staying in Huntsville for about four days. Then he'd go back home to Walker County, come back and forth, and finally he was like, Hunter, i got to move back to Walker County, but if you want me to work for you, you need to buy a star- store in Walker County. And he actually got me in contact with Nick Park, who owned Jasper Ford and Jasper Chrysler Dodge Jeep. So we kind of reached out to each other, and uh, it didn't go nowhere. Then about six months later, I called, tried again, and he finally was like, Hunter, I'm actually ready to sell. Yeah. So, okay. you know, I went to him uh, on a Sunday morning. He opened up the Ford store. He opened up the Chrysler Dodge Jeep store. He showed me around, and it was, it was bad. I mean, it was, okay. it was ran down. He wasn't putting any money into the store. Uh, he wasn't a local guy. He was from Texas. He didn't even live in Walker County. Didn't care about the store. Went through many, many people. Mm-hmm. Many people. My brother being one of them. There you go. <laughs> a lot of people worked there. And I just sat down and told him, I was like, listen, what you're asking for the store, it's not worth it. Yeah. I was like, right now, you're, you're, you're not selling the cars. You're not meeting that. Your name is really, really bad. Uh, and if you don't believe me, let's look, read Google reviews. And I was like, then the stores are ran down. And at the time, the Chrysler Dodge Jeep building hadn't been open in two years. They just shut, totally shut down the building mm-hmm. and ran everything out of Ford. So we finally came to an agreement of, hey, this is what I'll take to uh, buy the stores. So I looked at it and said, hey, Zach, Ryan, uh, Zach Penny is a partner, or Ryan Hensley is a partner with us. I said, if we buy this store, we probably couldn't get a better opportunity. Only thing we need to do is come in here and do the same thing we do in Huntsville and show the people of Walker County that we care. Yeah. Okay. Do our same foundation, our same mission statement. If we do those things here, it's going to take us a while. Oh, yeah. If we change the name and then we hire people, bring our people in, it, it'll all work out. And that's exactly what we've done. We brought Danny Youngblood. He was my new car director, general sales manager in Huntsville. Him and his wife, his daughter and son moved into moved to Walker County. Uh, I brought Brandon Fiella from our store. He is 20, At the time, he is 23 years old. And he was his first opportunity to be a salesman from a sales manager. I brought Brantley Nelms and opened up the Chrysler Dodge Jeep building, and I moved him in. Lee Williams was another manager in Huntsville. I brought him to this store. And then we got uh, Mr. Uh, Sean Boy. I brought Sean over, and he did the same thing. So I had my management crew in. And I was like, now we just got to build the rest. Yeah. So brought my man, you know, top-level guys in, and uh, I think they care. They really mm-hmm. wanted to make a change. Are you going to make everybody happy? By no means, no. no. And a lot of people has a very long memory, and they go back to the Malloy days. Yeah, uh-huh. Mr. Malloy didn't do this for me. Mr. Malloy owed me an oil change. So I had to get past the Malloys, the Jasper, uh, you know, Jasper Ford, Jasper Crossroads Jeep to get there, okay? Right. So I had to jump through a lot of hoops. You know, even going back to the Crossroads Jeep store was owned by John Crump 
and John C. Crump. Mm-hmm. So they were leasing it. And if you know anything about the Crumps, they own everything. And uh, they own yeah. Jasper. They own Jasper. They own everything. I mean, it, 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 one day when I grow up, I want to be just like John Crump. Ninety five percent of the land in Walker County has got a Crump name. What on a it. businessman! He is a shrewd, great businessman. I've been lucky to go down to his office, sit with him for many, many hours, many, many days, get to learn from him, and. Wow. At his age, in his 70s, still shaker and a mover, still buying properties. But he told me straight up, Hunter, I don't sell. I was like, well, then we got a problem. <laughs> He's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, I don't lease. And he was like, well, if you want this building, you're going to have to lease it. I was like, okay. And I'm not going to do it. So I started talking to Ford about doing a dual building. I was like, I'm going to build a Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ford building and keep everybody the same. And about after, I don't know, two weeks, he got word that, I was going to build a building. And he came back and was like, well, how much would you pay for it? <laughs> uh-huh. So I had to negotiate with John. Then I had to go and negotiate with John Seacrump, who was a dentist in Walker County. For He retired. Now his son, yeah. is a Bubba, is a, a dentist in uh, Walker County also. So I ended up buying both of them out, opened up the uh, Cross Dodge Jeep building, had to put all new lifts into place. Uh, we came in and spent over a million dollars in refurbishing and getting the stores up to snuff. And everybody's like, Hunter, you and Zach cannot spend that kind of money before you sell your first car. So we got it. We bought the store on October 15th of 2020, and we opened it up on November the 1st. So we were under construction for about the first 90 days. Yeah. And I was like, if you spend the money, if you build it, they, they will, will come. come. Right. Beautiful. And we have built a very, very nice Ford store, and we bought a very, very nice Chrysler Dodge Jeep store for people of Walker County to be proud of because mm-hmm. in every community across the country the car dealerships are a very very big part of every community you know if it's from helping out people with uh, their the the high schools if it's sponsorships for the local softball team baseball team football team we do a lot of sponsorships Podcast. for everybody yeah. <laughs> hey and then paying taxes for the community yeah. is very very big yeah, so huge. i think they know what they have so, you know, we bought those two stores. We've been here for, uh, you know, made it through 2021. 2021 was a very, very successful year. We started out the first couple of months losing money every month. Yeah. But we knew it would come. Mm-hmm. So the more cars you sell, the more cars you service, you know, it just starts taking care of itself. And we finally got to uh, profitability. And then we looked up and we're, it's 2021. And me, Zach, are in Miami. Okay. And... Eric walks Scott Crump across the across the uh, dinner table, and I was like, "Hey, Scott!" Scott walks up. We start talking, and I was like, "Scott, if you ever want to get to the point where you want to get out of the business, I would love to talk to you about purchasing your store." And he's like, "Hunter, I'm actually I'm ready. I think I'm ready." Yeah. And you know, he said, "When you get back in town, call me up." And me and Zach went to Scott's house. We had a probably a nine hour conversation and it was just about what are you going to do for my community? What are you going to do for my people? And why should I sell to you? We never even talked about how much, what it's going to be. We talked about how we could put it together and we left there and he said, it's in God's hands. If God wants me to do this, I'll know. The next day he called and said, God don't want me to do it. I'm not ready. And you know, you kind of tell you like, man, that's, that Man, sucks. everything went great. What what, yeah. what what happened? Why? Why? What happened? And, uh, you know, so, but I didn't take no for an answer. You know, the next week I was like, Scott, uh, I need to talk to you. 
And he's like, well, Hunter, I mean, I just got back in town. I was at the beach, and uh, I'm going to do a cookout for my friends. I'm like, well, or he's like, i got to go to the grocery store. I was like, well, what grocery store are you going to be at? I was like, I'll meet you at the grocery store. I just need you for five or ten minutes. He's like, well, just come to my house. I'm going to go to the grocery store. You just meet me at my house. Well, about <laughs> eight hours later after the cookout and I ate with everybody, <laughs> I was getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, you know, we, we got back to the negotiating table. And he already had two other stores. Uh, two, even Nick Saban's company was trying to buy the store. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick Saban owns a bunch of Mercedes stores. The people he his partners were trying to buy the store also, but they didn't want to do anything for the company, and they didn't care about the employees. No. So as we kept going, we finally came to an agreement, and then you know it takes a it just takes a long process. You you guys you just hear through it all. Mm-hmm. It takes a long process. You think about buying a house. Well, then you talk about buying ten acres a store and everything else with it. It just takes three or four months. And it finally got there. Then on February 22nd of uh, 2022, we have, we officially built Penny Toyota of Jasper. So super proud. Nick Saban's people walked in, looked at Shane, saw his arm, like you're fired. Yeah. Just go ahead and leave. It like, would have been a bad rep for your boy. <laughs> Although you got a camouflage hat on, you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> I might have went double agent real quick though. It could have been the best thing to happen for me. I lost a bet. <laughs> well, you know, uh, their corporate office they're out of Tampa Bay, Florida. Oh. And if you're out of Tampa Bay, you're at places like that, and you don't know this small town. Yeah. You know, Jasper's thirteen thousand people, but sixty thousand in Walker County. If if you don't know those people and don't know how to communicate and talk and uh, just ha- handle the employees, it's never going to work. Yeah. So I was super. It meant a lot to me that Scott said, "Zach Hunter, you are the guys that I want to pass the baton to," because Zach's uh, grandfather, Bill Penny, was he started it mm-hmm. and he started the uh, started the stores. He had at Rambler and Nash Osmondville in 1946. Jeez. Yeah, that was a little so, while ago long time ago <laughs> so then jerry penny took over then zach took over in 2008 so and, and he's he just turned 40 this year so he's been going at it for a long time yeah. uh and, and it, it was good so it's just it, it was nice for him to be a legacy dealer been here for 50 years we are the hunts the toyota store in huntsville is the oldest store in the state of alabama for toyota so for him to pass it over to another family-owned legacy store is uh saying a lot so. i feel like that i feel like that also played a huge factor in it too Big was time. knowing especially like you said after the links of discussion that y'all went yeah. through yeah he felt comfortable because right. you brought it up like the people that y'all were dealing with at the ford store well you know malloy owed me an oil change that's right those same people are coming to scott crump that's right they were coming to john crump john yeah. c you heard it everywhere I mean, for generations. Mm-hmm. So was that ever like a maybe not full-fledged doubt, but was that ever a thought of? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the skepticism. The skepticism, I guess. Yeah, it, it is big, big shoes to fill. But at the end of the day, what I tell all my people, tell all my managers, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And if you give people your full attention and you try to help, most of the time things are going to go well. Right. If you got to make a decision – do you want to be right or do you want to win? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I want to win. I don't care about being right. I don't care about egos. I care about winning, and winning is selling a customer a car, servicing a customer's car, and doing all those big things. But, you know, when you guys heard about it, we were actually uh, at the Crosby Dodge Jeep store having our uh, Christmas uh, luncheon. And I think that's when we came up here and did the announcement. Everybody was crying. So, on your side, Shane, how did uh-huh. it – when you heard about it, what was you all thinking? It was a lot of uh, 
confusion more so than anything because we had heard the kind of rumblings mm-hmm. and was like, there's just no way. Like, we couldn't fathom it on our end. It was like, there's just no chance that, like, that, this is just smoke. Scott will be here forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, th- it's a legacy. It's just going to keep getting passed down and yeah. passed down. And, like, that's yeah. just how it is. Fast forward to Christmas. Those rumors just never seemed to die down. Was like, that little spark just kept getting bigger. And now, yeah. okay, we got a little flame here. All right, well, now this is a full-fledged fire. What's yeah. actually going on? Yeah. And that's when they came in and done the announcement. And I think initially there was a lot of people that were like, well, that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Big store from Huntsville's coming in to take over. So everybody pack your desk up, mm-hmm. which pleasantly was not the case at all. Well, that, that's the biggest thing about us buying the store. The human capital of the people are everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when you buy a store, you, you need the people to run the store. And we wanted to keep every person. But telling people that and showing them mm-hmm. is two different things. You know, uh, one of the best things happened today was Courtney. You know Courtney. She's mm-hmm. cashier. She has cried on me over and over and oh, over. Oh, she she might be the most worried since everything. She, she has yeah. been. She's like, you, you, she's like, I've done wrong research, Mr. Johnson. You don't have cashiers. You don't have this. You don't have that. What does that mean for me? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll find you a different place to work. Yeah. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be over here. You'll be over there. And I was like, I've told her 50 times that you are a part of this store and you're not going anywhere. Well, how about today while she was leaving, she came to me and said, Mr. Johnson, I am so happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not a cashier no more, but I'm getting to teach people. I'm getting to do more work. And she reached out and gave me a big old hug. And I was like, Courtney, what did I tell you? That's it. I was like, it's just about trust. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm just so happy to be working for you guys. I've learned more. You're giving me more opportunity to do more. Thank you. And when we came, you know, 90% of the employees got a pay raise, got a raise, just a job increase. Uh, Paul Fody got to be the parts director over all three stores. Mm -hmm. So everybody kind of, you know, got to We've all prospered. Yeah, I I like to think so because no one runs a store the exact same way. Exactly. See, that was my mindset just hearing the initial rumblings was, all right, well, they're not going to buy a store and gut it. Yeah. Unless it was just a tragic store and that's right. that's what you have to do yeah. just a full demo and come in and build from the ground up yeah that, that wasn't the case here. this the store case. was almost self-sufficient to, right. to an extent that's right well so yeah it would make no sense no matter who it is what name is coming in to buy it yep it would make no sense to come in and just gut everything and start right. fresh and and really only person we brought over here is we brought Foster Cook. He's our general manager. So same thing I did with Danny Youngblood with the Ford and Chrysler Dodge Jeep store. He was my next guy in charge in Huntsville. I brought him over here, and he's running the day-to-day operations. Mm-hmm. So Foster was at Hoover Toyota for many, many years. Then he came to Huntsville, got to train underneath me and with us, and he's just a blessing to have it because he really takes his personal. He gets involved with every customer. Anybody that needs him, he's going to be belly-to-belly, face-to-face, trying to help. Mm-hmm. So we brought him over. We brought David Walters. He's well-known by Toyota. Brought him, and we brought one of our finance managers, uh, and that's it. Everybody yeah. else is all the former Scott Crump employees. And, uh, you know, uh, we you are always going to have a little bit of turnover. I think in the transition, we only didn't bring on three of the employees. Yeah. And uh, then a couple – there's maybe only, I would say, like five or maybe six has decided to move on. Yeah. And I think uh, it's change. Exactly. There, there's always change. And 
when you got a lot of people who's been here for a long time and they they were in charge, they got to come and go as they please. They got to work their own hours. And then when you come in and have rules, process, uh, people are going to buck it. A little more structure. A little more, more structure. And uh, and we're still right now, we're only about 24 days into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those people, you know some people are going to opt out really, really quick. Everybody doesn't fit our culture, and I think those people usually self-select out. Yeah. Hey, do do I want to be the first one in? Do I want to be the last one out? Do I want to? Do I really want to work this hard? And I don't want you to work hard. I want you to work smart. Right. There but you, go. you have to be here. That's this guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I pride myself on working smarter, not That's harder. It. That's it. <laughs> See, I always but, tell my go ahead, go ahead. But you got to be here to work smart, yeah. right? Yeah. See, I always tell my director. At work, I'm like, when you leave, I was like, I'll have to stay behind because I can't just quit. But when you leave, I'm leaving. Yeah. I was like, because I know anybody that comes in behind you probably ain't going to be best for me. They might not do it the same. No. But and I would tell you, try it out. You never know. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, I will. See yeah. it through. Yeah, see it through. Least uh, form the opinion. Yeah. Don't listen to everyone you hear uh, because there's a lot of untruth. That yeah. comes with a lot of, you, you remember though uh, saying when you was in school, hey, you tell the first person in the front of the room, and let's see what the last person says. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what usually happens. Yeah. So Actions. all business people, my granddad was a businessman. Like I went to business school for a piece before I changed heart, how to change a heart. But every business person I've always been taught they have a ruthless trait. Yeah. Whether it's coming in cleaning house when you buy a place, or being ruthless in your chasing the goodwill for the people. That's right. So what's your ruthless trait? Yeah. Huh. What is my, that, that's a very good question, Drake. I think it is my passion. I am a very, very passionate person about my job. Uh, I put this before almost all. I love it. It is my passion. It's my hobby. It's, it's my everything. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people try to move up where, hey, I can work less hours. The more I move up, the more I can delegate. The more I move up, the more I can bark orders. And I am the type of person that I will never ask you to do something that I don't do. And I try to pride myself on I can do every job in this place too. Now, Shane, can I come over there and write service the way you do it? Yes, I've done yeah. it. <laughs> but can I come over there? No, but show me. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I'm not too big to do it. When people ask me, hey, what do you do for a living? I sell cars. And that's what I do. I sell cars. Yeah. At the end of the day, I sell cars. I'm I'm in the car business. And I think that's my biggest, I think that's my biggest ruthlessness is I really, really care. And I really, really am passionate about my people. And that's our mission statement is uh, how can we enrich the lives of our people, okay, employees, customers, and communities we serve. And we do that by having a servant leadership spirit. In most stores, when you read their mission statement, it's it's about Community, 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 customers, customers, customers. Well, I'm not that way. I love doing sponsorships. I love helping people out. But if I have a, my last $100, I'd rather give it to Shane than the softball team down the road. Yeah. And I really care about that. I really care about employees, employees, employees. Uh, if they need me, I got an open door. He's got my phone number. He can text me. He can call me. I will never get too big for my britches that – you can't talk to me. You know, there's always a chain of command. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it comes down to a problem, hey, let's do the chain of command. Yeah. But at the same time, if that, if you're knocking on that door and no one's listening, they can come to me and I promise you, I'm going to always do the right thing. Yeah. You got to, 
you know, especially before you move up to a management position, if like you feel like management kind of delegates like to you to, Hey, keep things smooth while I'm not there. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel that weight on your shoulders and you're like, I know I'm going to piss some people off. Yeah. But if it keeps this running and keeps my boss happy and helps me in the long run and helps this business in, a, in the long run, it's like sometimes you got to be a little ruthless. You got to tell people the things they don't want to hear, even though they may see themselves as your peer. That's right. Which mm-hmm. I try to, tr- you know, like at work, we're all peers mm-hmm. on some level. But when somebody delegates something to somebody else, you're like, so and so told them to do that. So you, you have to do it. And you're going to piss people off. Do you feel yeah. like that's one of the hardest things to do is tell somebody something that's going to irritate them? Well, it's the two-letter word, no. And a lot of people do not like to hear no. In the atmosphere we live in, it is you got to be PC, you got to be politically correct, you have to say the right things, you got to and I'm not that way. It's either black or white, it's either right or wrong, and that's kind of what I live by and I try to hold people accountable. Uh I'm not afraid to tell somebody no, and I'm not also afraid to say yes, okay? But I think that that means a lot. You you got to be able to be transparent. And although saying is, it's not the way what you said. It's the way you made me feel. Right. And if you make people feel like they're important, or you give them the reason why you say no, they got to respect it. You know, everybody wants to take off Fourth of July weekend. Everybody wants to be gone through Christmas break. But unfortunately, everybody can't do it. Yeah. Okay. The smart ones put in for that day six months ago. The guys who uh, don't plan well get told no. <laughs> uh, oh, it's Thanksgiving. I should put in for yeah. Christmas. That's that's Iron Bowl weekend. No, bud. Sorry. Pass the jar, buddy. Pass the yeah. jar. So, you know, I'm going kind of falling back to earlier. You said you move. You told your wife, I'm going to give this job 90 days. Yes. How far into that 90 days did it take you to say, we're going to sell the house and we're going to move here? I knew after about the first week that I was, I made the commitment because I, I just knew that I could come in here and make an impact with Zach's people. And at the time, I had not bring, I hadn't brought no one in, you know. And I really think a good sign of all leaders is the people who follow them to another job. If I left this company tomorrow, how many people is going to follow me to the next business, the next store? Mm-hmm. is really huge because that means they respect you. That means they know you as a leader that, hey, I'll follow this guy through in hell and back because yeah. he's my guy. That means a lot. But I made it a point to say, Zach, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with your people. Okay. So I didn't bring no one in until about six months. Then after six months, I currently have about 11 guys working for me who worked for me in Johnson City that moved up here with me and uh, moved their families, and they're still with me. And so, that's a big move. That's yeah, not that that's not moving just it's a five East Tennessee move. to Central that's or right. what, you know, like that's yeah. – that's, that's not even Nashville to Huntsville. That's yeah. right. That's a, that's a five-hour move, and, you know, that's more pressure on me. Yeah. But that means i got to follow through even more. So it's, a, it's just a, it's a lot of pressure on these shoulders, but at the same time I know if you do the right thing, it's all going to work out. There's yeah. a reason they wanted to be here. That's right. Keep doing what you're doing. So we made it so May – May 13th, I got there on the 4th of July weekend was my wife came and visited me for the first time. And that's when we started looking at houses. And I never went back to East Tennessee until the day I sold my house. It took us over a year to sell the house that we had. 
And when I uh, when we finally sold it, that was the first time I went back to sign the dotted line to go ahead and sell the house. So we are I ended up buying a house here, had a house there. Uh, I went all in, you know. But mm-hmm. that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, I never have a plan B. It's all about plan A. I never uh, have one foot in, one foot out. I am 100% in it to win it at all times. His jar's always full. Oh, yeah. Jar's like always it. full. <laughs> you know, I tell everybody, uh, they's like, are you ready? I was like, I stay ready. Mm-hmm. Try to stay ready. That's my that's my go-to. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, just like with us, with this, I'll take shame. Like, yo, I've scheduled us like four interviews this month. Be ready. He's like, all right, just tell me when to be there. That's what I like. That's right. Well, obviously not while you're working. Okay. Well, I was in Florida yesterday. I was at Palm Beach at the breakers and he texts me and he's like are we still on i was like i'm in I'm like now we can move it to friday if you want i just i'm getting ready to get off a plane and blah blah, blah. <laughs> he's like how about tomorrow this time i was like i'll be there and uh he showed me a picture of the setup i was like i'm ready let's go yeah so it's, it's fun i appreciate it we have we have fun doing this my yeah. first time doing a podcast really first time wouldn't know it you're a natural yeah, you, you <laughs> you're are a natural. natural well you're a car salesman so i'm a talker just yeah. the gift of gab <laughs> yes, that sir. Helps. yes sir. That you helps. could go yeah. go to wwe and cut a promo couldn't you well you ain't gonna believe this <laughs> uh the other day somebody said that you know uh we have mobile service vans okay and at our Huntsville store and we got one over here at ford and uh the MTN Mazda Toyota Motor Plant, and then the T-Mall, which is the Toyota Motor Plant in Huntsville, wanted us to show them how how it works. So they brought out 15 people, okay, to get it to show us. We want to show for environmental wise: is there going to be any oil spills or anybody any problems? We want to see your people on our property. How does the oil change work? How does the tire rotation work? We got to see it all. So before they got there, I made our technicians train 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 i got my office staff out there just to put people around them mm-hmm. things like that and finally uh his name's terry thomas terry thomas said boss you do know that you intimidate us right <laughs> like me he was like it is really really hard to live up to your expectations but i try my ass off to do it he was like boss you could be a wwe Vince McMahon announcer, if you wanted to be. That's what, yeah. That is yeah. exactly what he yeah. said. He is like, you could do anything you want. He is like, and that is why it's so hard to live up to your expectations. But at the same time, that's why we fight our eyeballs out to impress you. He's like, and I want you to know that I won't let you down when Toyota's here. And he killed it. Yes, I mean, sir. they killed it. Yeah. So it was, you know, I don't mean to put that pressure on people, but uh, I just expect it. You know, I expect, you know, I had to learn really, really uh, early as a manager. Uh, Steve Grindstaff, he was he was the boss. He pulled me in his office and said, Hunter, what the f*** is your problem? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what, what do you mean, boss? He was like, why, why are you so intense? He was like, why are you all over everybody? And I was like, oh, I expect him to do the job. And I expect him to do it the right way. I was like, if you come to work, I expect you to work. I don't expect you to, you know, hit the time card and be waiting to see, you know, to, to leave. Just I was like, cruise I, control. I was like, I want your best at all times. He was like, Hunter, if I could have 200 hunters, I wouldn't need you. <laughs> he was like, but you're not going to get two hunters. Yeah. He was like, and no one's going to be at your – that's not true, boss. That's not true. I was like, I can train these people. I can get them to care. I can get them that. Well, all these years later, I look back to that and I'm like, he was right. 
You can't make them care. You can't. You, you can can't, lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You can't make them drink it. Well, so I had to dial my expectations back and said, "Hey, some people's hundred percent might be my twenty five percent. Yeah, but they're giving me all they got. Mm-hmm. And when I started recognizing how to get the most out of each person." And try to finally figure out that you can't treat everybody the same. Michael Jordan got treated differently than Will Purdue. Okay? <laughs> Promise you. Okay? Yeah. So you got to treat the Michael Jordans like Michael Jordan. And then you got to coach the Bill Cartwrights and Will Purdue's the same way uh, they need to be treated. So I think it's learning the people you're working with. And if you do that, they respect you. Well, coming in and buying dealerships that were in bad spots, it kind of is that a bit of vindication of saying, you know, turning them around, that vindication saying, you know, they stop caring. Seeing my attitude, knowing I don't stop caring, I'm going to bring this place back. So you see what it looks like when you don't care versus yes. what you do when you run that sucker like a well-oiled machine. Here's one thing I try to tell my managers is you don't need a self-high five. You don't need people patting you on the back. You don't have to tell anybody how great you are. You don't have to tell people your resume the first 30 seconds you meet someone. If you're great at what you do, they'll know right when you walk in the door. They've already found out. Yeah. So I don't think we have to tell anybody about how we turn over the reputation or how we're doing things now. now. The people will do it for us. And that's why we have over 3,500 Google reviews in Huntsville. When you get over 3,500 people say, hey, you're a 4.6 dealer, we brag on you. I'd rather it come from the people. And mm-hmm. when they start bragging on you, people find out really, really quick yeah. if you do a good job. And, you know, I just let actions are louder than words. So I just let it try to be our actions. And we don't have to be braggarts. We just, the only thing we have to do is go out there and work hard every day. You give your 100%. Shane's 100% is different than your 100%. But, Shane, if you treat people the way you want to be treated and you're friendly with a smile and know that people don't want to hear about you, they want to talk about themselves. And you start that because that first uh, 10 or 15 seconds is when customers feel like, do I want to spend money that's, with Shane or not? That's, an, that, that's the most crucial part of the yeah, of the yeah. entire experience. Mm-hmm. That, if you get off on the wrong foot and it's, over. it's even like somebody will pull into the service drive and you can just instantly tell, you can tell before they ever even roll the window down what kind of day they're having because it's all over up, their face. Huh? It's all over their face as soon that's as right. that car hits the service drive. Yeah, imagine everybody coming to service with a problem. Mm-hmm. Shane has to deal with people most of the time with a problem or they have to spend money to do something. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, the second largest purchase they've ever made right. is now giving them issues. Yeah. And so naturally, they are upset about it. So Shane, you might not know this, he's a professional firefighter. Mm-hmm. He puts out fires every day, and he's damn good, too. You want him on that wall. Yeah. I promise you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's my dude. He's keep, my dude. <laughs> I keep I keep George Strait queued up over there. See, that's just, that's what me and my patients I see every day. Like, they ain't feeling good. Yeah. They ain't happy. It's like, you know what? I'm pissed off. I got to be here. I didn't sleep good today. <sighs> just paint that smile on. Just go but in Shane, there and just give everybody you got. When you have that customer with that wall, they're guarded. And then when they're thanking you at the end when they're that's, leaving. That's the best. That's the like best. It. Nothing like it. That's because that's I, what me. But when somebody wakes up in the morning, and say, "I ain't slept like that in twenty years." I'm like, "You're welcome." You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> see, I love it. I love it when I can see them pull in and I see the guard up and I already like to me that lights the fire for me because yeah. I'm like, "All right, how can I'm about to turn your day around?" I don't know why you're here yet, but I know I'm about to turn your day around no, no matter what one happens likes here. The person who takes their money 
and Shane's the guy who has to take their money. Finance managers are the one who has to collect the money, and no one likes that person. Mm-hmm. But if you can win that customer over, and then they start being an advocate for Shane, saying, hey, I got a guy. You, yeah. you need an oil change. You need a tire rotation. I got a guy. Hey, your AC went out on your car. I got a guy. Go see Shane. Go see Bill Penny Toyota Jasper. When they're advocates, that's what, you know, gets more people back. Yep. You know, every time you have a complaint or a bad customer, they tell 10 people. They're going to tell 10 people, the 10 people in their family. They're going to get on Facebook and try to tell everyone. Now, the ones you really take care of and they love you, they go tell one person, mm-hmm. maybe two. So that's why we have to do more good yeah. than bad if messing up because 10 to 1 – well, I need to talk to 10 today. That number's going to get drowned. Mm-hmm. So we don't get the benefit of the doubt. You know, earlier you said uh, preachers, or the, you know, they, they learn how to cuss. It's preachers, plumbers, uh, lawyers, and kind of uh, a salesman has that same name, that people, for some reason, they just don't trust you. Yeah. They don't trust people at the car dealership. And we're an open book. We're 100% transparent. Nowadays, with the information you can get, you got more information than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our job is just to take care of you, make you happy, hopefully come to an agreement. We're going to agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, how can I help you? So that's like we just bought a car from here January? Yeah. Yeah, it January. Was, it was like a week before the, <laughs> yeah. the uh, buyout. I walked in here, and, man, I hate. I'm one of those people. I hate walking into a car dealership. A lot of people do. And Which is why I love that you wanted to do the podcast here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, He's going to come back. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. This will be a once a month thing one day. If you want a professional room reader, you got yeah. one on staff right here. There you go. But uh, I walked in here and I was like, man, I'm about to spend all day here. We were, what, two and a half hours? If that. If that, yeah. If yeah. that. And yeah, I was yeah, like, people think I see in the world. And I left y'all? here. Yeah. I left here and I told my wife, I was like, next time I buy a truck, it's coming from here. Good experience. You know, that's right. It's like, because every other time I've bought a car or whatever since we've been married, I'm like, I'm never going back. <laughs> Here's what's crazy. I had a customer in Huntsville. This is probably a year ago. They was like, I want you to know, I've been buying cars here for 36 years, and it's the worst experience I've ever had. I will never come back. I will never do this. You all told me my car was going to be here. It didn't get here. And for 36 years, I've came to your service department, you know, uh, come every two months, get my oil changed, this, this, this. And, and I was like, sir. After 36 years, how many good experiences did you have? Every one of them. And I was like, and you're going to crucify us over one out of the last 36 years. And he stopped him dead in his tracks mm-hmm. and said, you know what? I'm being an ass, ain't I? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm just saying out of 36 years, we mess up one time. They make bad. They make bad numbers the transition. There. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's not bad. He's like, you know what? I never thought of it that way. Yeah. He's, I was like, how about we do one thing? How about we start over? You tell me what I can do. Tell me what you need. And I was like, a lot of times we mess up, but it's how we rebound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me rebound. And uh, he calls me every time now. <laughs> he calls me every time. So that's the way it is. You know, I had an engineer in Huntsville. There's more uh, PhDs per capita anywhere in the United States in Huntsville. Okay? Yeah. And uh, right now the car business is different than it's ever been in my 21 years in the business. The demand for cars is very, very high. The supply is very, very low. You know, we're used to keeping on this lot right here over 150 new cars on the lot. Well, right now we got 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most cars are pre sold 
30 days, 90 days in advance. Okay. So it, it, it's hard how we're doing business. Right. The used car market has went up 36 to 40% in value. The car you bought in January is realistically probably worth 20 to 30% more. But the problem is, like homes, you can't replace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You sell it, but you can't replace it. So that's one thing you got to deal with. So this engineer came to me. It was We give him a worksheet. was trying to price him a new Tundra trading in his Jeep. And, buddy, he came up to the sales tower and said, I want my keys. I don't know. Do you all think we're effing idiots? He was like, there will no one come from my aerospace place. I will not let another person come here. And I jumped off the tower and was like, sir, what can I do to help you? He was like, I guess you think we're idiots. I'm not buying a car here. I would never buy a car. I was like, why? He was like, because I just paid $6,000 over sticker for that Jeep, and you're offering me nothing for it. I was like, so because you overpaid for it means I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just stopped. And I was like, sir, if you tell me a number that you think we should do it about and you're flexible, I was like, you got to be flexible either in payment, price, vehicle, or how much out the door you're going to do. You got to be flexible in one of those three things. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I want to be at $62,000 out the door, not a penny more. And I shook his hand and said, done. He said, what? <laughs> I was like, done. I was like, that easy. I was like, at the end of the day, we just started negotiating. Some people want to negotiate for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. And some people are like you. You want it straight straight to the point. And so if you want to be at $62,000, I'll do $62,000 out the door. After that, he is my best friend. He's sitting there telling me about being in Key West, all these great <laughs> things. But I think that's just the guard up of people mm-hmm. thinking we're here to screw them. Yeah. We're not here to screw anybody. We don't make the first quarter until we sell a car or we service a car. But we got to get to that point. And I think if more people would give us the benefit of the doubt of we are here to help, our job is to advise you. Yeah. Advise you on the best way to spend your money, to fix your car, to buy a car, and do those things. Everybody's not the same. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of dealerships out there that does not care. Mm-hmm. No. They do not care. Any, but any, we're not one of them. Any type of service you provide, somebody's yeah. looking for that motive to have something negative to throw yes. at you. Just like, what y'all with CPAPs? Y'all, y'all running a racket up here? No. Uh, you need one or you're going to die. Just like you need a car to get to work. That's right. You know, it's just, that's that's what we have to do. It's a service that you need it. You go to good McDonald's, you go to bad McDonald's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's good service and there's bad service, but they're still serving the same thing. But it's all the way how you do it. And if you're professional, you got a smile on your face. And if people truly know, they're trying to help. It comes across. You, you, you know the employees that are great employees. Okay, I have went to many of jobs, Hobby Lobbies, things like that, and hired good employees. That's how I've got a lot of good ones. Okay, mm-hmm. and anytime I see someone that's really, really good, I try to hire them. Yeah, because people who care are hard to find. Absolutely, Shane cares. Well, that's why I was. Gonna, I had a guy two weeks ago came in, had a 2019 Tacoma, mm-hmm. but he had 165,000 miles on it. Oh. So I was trying to get him to buy spark plugs because he was actually past the point. Yeah. He had never had it done before. He right. had been bringing it in to us, yep. getting his routine maintenance done. Yep. And he had a laundry list of stuff that we were recommending. Went ahead and got all of it. Didn't get the spark plugs. So I was like, no harm, no foul. You know, like I'm going to put it down that, you know, I, I still, I recommend that, you yep. know, this, just based on mileage. I know it's a newer vehicle. It seems ridiculous, but based on mileage, this is what it needs. He left. He was happy. You know, great service. Like, okay, well, maybe you know when he comes back in, might be able to might be able to do it then. Mm-hmm. He called like maybe four or five days later. 
He's like, hey, Shane, uh, I want to set up an appointment to come in and get those spark plugs. Uh-oh. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. When you want to bring it in, getting everything set up. What changed? Exactly. You know, so I'm like, all right, well, good deal. I got you set up for this, that. And he was like, you know, I'll be honest. When you were initially selling me everything, I, I kind of felt like this was just a, a money grab, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I asked around and I talked to some people and realized, you know, you were actually coming to me with the truth. And I respect that. Came My in and got the smart missing. plugs. My yeah. truck's missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another key giveaway yeah. that he didn't tell you. It, it's <laughs> actually like we heard him when he was passing Milo's. That thing was misfiring like crazy. Buddy, you bogged down there for a second, come up that hill. Kind of worked. Well, what people don't understand is you do not work on the cars. You're the receptionist. Our technicians are the doctors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay? And we got certified master technicians like Kent in the back mm-hmm. who's going to recommend that what they do is when that car pulls in they put it on the rack they're going to do a multi-point inspection they're going to do a 27 point inspection they're going to check it over they're going to mic the brakes and we live in the green yellow and red is what we live in in service right yep. if it's green you're good right. if it's yellow there's a little caution cl- but that doesn't mean you have to do it if it's red run yeah. and and that's kind of the world we live in and a lot of people don't want to they do think we're a hey, they're trying to make a lot of money well realistically you haven't serviced your car the right way all the way down a lot of people wait till the last moment mm-hmm. instead of hey don't wait to thirty thousand miles to do all these things you can do a little bit as you go if you want it to run the right yeah. way you know my transmission just started slipping uh i don't, I don't know what could be causing that uh, i keep the oil changed well, have you ever serviced the transmission <laughs> well no it's, on, it's only got one hundred twenty thousand miles on it so you mean to tell me a transmission service means more than an oil change to a transmission? It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Insane. <laughs> but here's the thing is, customers don't know. No. If you don't bring your car in every day, I think that's what our salesmen and managers, everybody take for granted. We live in this world, okay? Yeah. But if you go out there and ask me to build a house, I don't know how to lay a foundation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put walls up. I don't know how to do drywall. But if you do drywall every day, you're a professional. Yeah. That's what you do. And I think that's where people have to trust us because we are the professionals. But it doesn't – no different than Courtney. She didn't trust us that was going to keep her. The more you work together, the more trust you get, the more you visit Shane and see him, hey, this is the sixth time I've seen him, that's your guy. And that's when it's trust. And, mm-hmm. and, and they really believe you. So I, I don't I don't blame them. I don't blame no, people being not. skeptics a little bit because yeah. they don't know you. But as people – I try to tell all my guys – Make a friend. Yeah. Don't meet a customer. Make a friend. And once you make a friend, good things happen. Exactly. Seth's listening to this podcast going, I'm a master tech. <laughs> I'm a master tech. <laughs> Seth's head's going to be That's a right. billion times You ain't going to be able to tell that boy nothing. Yep. That's right. <laughs> We're actually going to have to extend the uh, the link between bays now. So Between well, these two? Yeah. You've been working have to. For, for Barry Barnes for a long time, mm-hmm. and he's been here for a while. So tell me about the day-to-day working for a professional like Barry. Oh, I mean, he makes it as smooth as it can possibly be yeah. by, so we do our morning meetings every morning. That's right. We have, you know, the hot topics that we're going to go over for the day. And then just Barry's like leadership style to me is one of my favorite types of leadership where he hangs back, mm-hmm. but you know, he can be there in a split second if That's you right. need him. He's got every answer, any question yeah. you can come to him with. Like you were, like you were saying with yourself, you know, it's an open book, yep. you know, if you have anything, no matter how minuscule you might think it is, let me know. 
you know, uh, and every leader doesn't have to be an alpha personality. Mm-hmm. You need alpha personalities, but you don't have to be an alpha personality. Yeah. And I would say with Barry, he's, he's a quiet, even-killed guy, but he's got answers. He's been in those situations. He's very easy to work with, and we're, we're very, very fortunate and lucky that we've been able to keep Barry because mm-hmm. the service department wouldn't run the same without him, no, so we're no. very, very lucky. Yeah. So yeah. I got two questions. I'll kind of start with the first one. <clears throat> when you bought these two dealerships, the Jeep, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and the Ford dealerships, Yep. coming in, knowing I'm not from here, a lot of locals already hate the place, mm-hmm. how am I going to translate – my my speaking to relate to these people yeah. from a region that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Probably heard a lot about. But how am I gonna how am I gonna first off come in, change the game, but also how am I gonna build my name and know that people these people in Walker County can trust me? Yeah. Because when you do it like a, a remodel, yes. Like my the Dollar General by my house that I go to when I'm in a pinch. They remodeled and I was pissed off. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, you changed <laughs> you changed everything up on me, you know." So, where's the milk? <laughs> it's not it's not there anymore. Um, so how do you He's still how upset do you, about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm still mad. How do you translate what you know now to a different community to so be trusted? The first thing I was told in Jasper is, "Do not leave a six pack of beer anywhere, because if you do, you could get a sniper." We, we, we are known for having someone that can come out of the woods and maybe take you out if you leave a six-pack of beer. And I'm sure you've heard those stories, right? Yeah. So I've heard all those stories. But realistically, selling a car is selling a car. I'm an old country boy from East Tennessee. Uh, a lot of people call me the country Korean. So I'm just old country boy. I put my shoes on the same way as Shane. Hell of a nickname. Drake. Hell of a nickname. Uh, I'm the country yeah. Korean. Yeah. Man, I'm and, slipping uh, on I, I just think that if I be, my, uh, be myself, be who I am. I I am this way twenty four seven. You don't get a fake. There's no fake with me. Uh, I'm honest as the day is long, and you get what you get. But what I knew I had to do was I had to get out in the community. So me and Zach and Zach Penny, if hopefully we can get him on here one day. Yeah. Zach is the master communicator. Okay. Uh, I know earlier you said, hey, you're 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 a natural. Well, Zach is a natural okay if he wanted to run for the mayor of jasper he could win it if he wanted to run for the governor of alabama by george i think he'd get some votes that's how smooth he he looks like ken uh, on ken and barbie he is that (laughs) smooth i mean i have learned so much from that guy there's some things i'm great at and there's some things that he is great at and if i could be half the man that he is on working a crowd working people I would continue to get better. But me and him came here and said, hey, every day when we come to Jasper, our goal is to meet one person that we didn't know. So me and him would go to all the local sporting goods stores. We'd go to all the local stores. And the only thing we'd do is go in and shake hands. The first day we got uh, to Ford, we came to this store. We came in, and at the time it was Joe Bongiovanni, John Bongiovanni, Taylor. I came in and shook their hand and let them know we're new to town. If you need anything, we're right down the road. And we kind of just started doing that. Let's go somewhere and meet. Let's go spend some money over here at Pat's Archery. Let's go down here and talk to these guys. Let's go over here to Milo's meet everybody. Let's go over here to the sub place and spend money, number one. Go down here to Tacoma Mania and see what these guys are about. Hey, he used to work in the coal mines. His son, you know, we ended up selling him a forerunner. So the more people that gets to know you, 
We went down to O'Terry at the bank at PNC, one of the presidents. The more people we meet, and when they find out that these guys are good old guys from mm-hmm. from Huntsville, they're, they're pretty good old people. Yep. I think when they find out you're pretty good people, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't matter if I got dropped off in Miami. Besides speaking Hispanic, I'm still going to be able to sell cars because I can relate to people. Yeah. And I think me and Zach relate to people really, really well. And I, I think that's what has helped. I didn't come in saying, hey, how do we turn a reputation? We we, we got to go get on Facebook and talk about Google reviews. We, we got to pay people to leave a good review. I think it's one handshake at a time, one hug at a time, and just having conversations. Hey, let's go to lunch. Let's go talk. And uh, going to the Rock House, going to dinner, going down there eating pizza. We have spent a lot of time over the last year and a half just meeting the Jasper natives. And I think that's when people find out that, I want to spend my money with that guy. Yeah. See, that's the thing about people in Walker County is <clears throat> if you're just a stiff in a suit that's here strictly for business, we'll see right past you. Right past you. So, you know, coming in with a friendly approach, yeah. letting them see the real you, kind yeah. of bare bones. This is I hope me. it's worked. Yeah. yeah. I think it, obviously you're still in here and you Maybe just got growing. this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's proof to the testament. Like, you actually care about what you're doing here because some people have come in here and they have failed miserably, and that's because – Walker Countyans can see past the BS. Well, it, you know, the old saying is pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. There's a lot of, you know, even before the Jasper people, they wanted to slaughter people. Yeah. And we're not like that. I would, to me, all money is green. I don't care what walk of life you come from, who, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, I don't care what you do, what you think. Your money is green, and it's me to be friendly. And, you know, I tell my guys, those saying the customer's always right is not right, okay? Yeah. The customer is not always right, okay? But what we're going to do is the right thing. Right. So as long as we do the right thing, hopefully that fits in their warehouse of being the customer's always right, but we're always going to do the right thing. And, again, if I have to say the two-letter word, no, I will tell them no. Yeah. I will tell them to pound sand. I have fired a lot of customers. Some customers, the good thing about Toyota stores, there's over 1,200 of them in the nation. They can choose to go to any one of them. And sometimes we, you, you just don't work together. You know, it's this, uh, you just don't jihaw. If you yeah. don't jihaw, I would much rather tell someone, hey, go to Decatur, go to Birmingham. There's someone there that's going to be able to service you better or sell you a car better than us. I would, if it's going to be a negative experience, I'm not going to pay you to, to be unhappy and buy a car. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay for your service and then you're going to go out there and dog me. If you can be flexible and you know we're trying both trying to do the right thing, hey, I'm your guy all day. Yeah. But if you want to get on Facebook, you know, there's nothing like a Twitter or Facebook guy who hides behind the old keypad. Yeah. Got a problem. Just belly to belly, face to face. Yeah. That's how things get accomplished. That's what I like to hear. So buying a legacy store, yeah, you're kind of following up the Babe Ruth car store of Walker County. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how was that pressure knowing, you know, I've got to I've gotta keep these people here? A lot of pressure because when we bought the Ford and the Chrysler Dodge Jeep store, there were only 17 employees at the whole place. And then we only kept like 13 out of the 17. The golf car gang. Yes. I mean, there was no one. So the expectations weren't that high because this is already bad, okay? So if you just come in and do halfway a good job, you're going to be successful. Mm. The return on investment's great. Didn't have to overpay for it. it, 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 It was easy. 
Now, anytime you buy a Toyota store, it's going to cost a lot of money. Anytime you buy a Southeast Toyota store, it's going to cost even more money. Yeah. So knowing what we had to do to buy the store and going back, Scott Crump would have never sold this store if he wouldn't have had a head injury. And God bless him, and we pray for him all the time that he's that he's fine and he's doing a lot better. But he would have never probably sold the store if he wouldn't have had the head injury. Mm-hmm. But I think that he knew that it was time for him to go ahead and step aside. So I knew there's a lot of pressure on us to carry that torch from Scott. Now, needless to say, they've been in Walker County for a long time. But there's also a lot of customers that don't want to deal with the crumps. Believe it or not. There is a few, okay? <laughs> and I've had a lot of them come in here and say, hey, I could never buy a car off the crumps. So you're going to get that. Then you're going to get the people of, I will never buy a car unless it's the crumps. Right. And me and Scott's got a good enough relationship that he's going to continue to bring customers here. So that's the good thing. He's still welcome here every day. He's still welcome to come by, check on things. I've seen him. See him actually, he's going to be here at 8.30 in the morning to pick up some boxes. So, you know. I when, hope he brings a U-Haul. He's going to bring up some <laughs> uh, So, you know, he's more than welcome. So I think if, if if you don't have an ego and the pressure's not that bad, as long as you're coming in and doing the right thing. Now, it is the, it is the store in this area. And it's also – one of the better stores in our district, okay, because they really they perform really, really well. So as long as we can continue to do those things with the same people, we're, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I like that. I told Shane, I was like, I might ask a couple of hard questions. Dude, those are my hard man. questions. Fireman, what you got, Shane? What kind of questions oh, you got? No, nah, you've answered all mine. I just wanted, I wanted the backstory. I wanted everybody to get to, like you said, yeah. you want to be successful in this small town and this, yeah. you know, tight-knit community. You found the best way was going out, shaking hands, That's right. talking to everybody. Yeah. So I wanted you can't you can't get a full backstory on a handshake. Nope. You can meet a person at face value and you can make your assumptions off of it. That's right. So I just wanted you to come on and, and give us that backstory. Yeah. Who is Hunter Johnson? Well, uh, you know, there's a little bit more to me besides that. You know, I was uh, I'm big into sports. I I love sports. Uh, I mean, if you got on my Facebook stuff like that, I'm a, I'm into sports. I I bleed Tennessee orange, and I know a lot of Auburn Alabama fans don't like that, but I'm a Tennessee Vol fan through and through. Bleed orange. I mean, I try to go to basketball games, football games, uh, and even though if they lose. Mm-hmm. I'm still bleed orange, but I love sports. I'm a ten- I got Tennessee t- Titans season tickets, uh, so I-, I love that. Love to play golf. Uh, my wife, me and my wife's been married for 17 years. Bless her heart, uh, <laughs> Amanda Johnson. She's she's with me. She's she's my ride or die. She's my best friend. And you know, I tell a lot of people, if you want to marry someone, you better marry marry your best friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is my best friend through and through. Love her to death. Uh, she we, trust is a big thing. She knows where I'm at. She knows what I'm doing. She knows I'm working, and I would never not trust her. And she doesn't trust me. So a lot of the things that couples worry about with trust issues, I've never had to deal with that. My daughter is 16 years old. She's a softball player. Her name is Brooklyn Johnson. She's a great kid. Has a 4.3 GPA. Hard worker. Uh, so she works really hard. She's a grinder. She just her studies and things like that playing sports is really really big for her so uh you know it's it, it's it's nice having a great family uh but that also lets me do what i do and that's the car business mm-hmm. yeah. so me working hard lets my wife be able to stay at home be that stay at home mom for my daughter 
I am worried about what happens next year after my daughter graduates. <laughs> what is my wife going to do? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. But, uh, you know, that's me. I just – I like to be on the lake. Uh, love Gunners, uh, Gunnersville. You know, I got a place up there on the Scottsboro side. I'm real close to Goose Pond. Okay. Uh, love the lake. Love getting out there on the uh, pier and the dock and fishing, uh, catching some bass, things like that. That's some hogs and gunners. Oh, man, there's some big ones. There's <laughs> yeah. some big ones. But, you know, I'm just a normal guy. You know, I don't live uh, beyond my means. Uh, you know, I'm in the uh, – I started building my first house. I've never built a house. Getting ready to go through that. It's probably the worst time ever to build a house. But, uh, you know, I still got the same house I lived in in uh, 2013 when I got here. Uh, I don't try to overdo it. And I try to save my money, just try to live beyond my means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you brought up golf, and I saw Drake get real antsy about that. You played locally? Around so, here? Uh, yeah, I've played a couple of times. I mean, Keith Domino. Keith Domino's a great golfer. He plays a lot of the places. Uh, but, yeah, I played at the two – I think two – what's the two uh, places here? Yeah, Musgrove and Horse Creek. I played at both of them. Played at Musgrove, played at Horse Creek. Well, I'm going to uh, ask you the Walker County question. Which one do you like better? Uh, Musgrove was pretty cool, hitting up on that par three, kind of hitting up on the hill. I like that. But I think the other one was a little bit uh, nicer. It wasn't as long, but it was a little bit nicer. Uh, so I, I think I liked it, uh, but there's a lot of great golf courses all around Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's what's great. I just actually got back from uh, Palm Beach and I played at the PGA National where they have the Honda Classic. So I just played there on Tuesday, and you talking about a hard course? I was gonna <laughs> say the Bear Trap gets you. Bear Trap, actually, I parted. No. But the two after that, I double bogeyed. <laughs> <bogeyed Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's, it, that was that was that was fun doing that on the Bear Trap, and I got done tape too. Oh, sweet. I got Beautiful. On, I got it on tape, so that was pretty cool. Well, you'll have to come uh, down and me and you will whoop Shannon's ass one day. I'm in. Because I'm in. the master still hasn't beaten the teacher. What's your yeah. handicap? Now or when I was playing all the now. time? I'm still about five. Oh, shit. That's yeah, good. He's, he's, what, a, he's decently decent. decent. Scratch. Okay. What about you, Shane? Oh, I'm probably <laughs> floating somewhere right around uh, 18. So, now 19. I'm a 13 handicap, okay? If you look at my gen number right now, it's probably about uh, 11 point something. But I've only played three rounds this year. But I, I'm a bogey offer. Okay, yeah. I've only shot seventy nine once. Okay, but if if I'm eighty three to eighty six, I'm tickled to death. If I'm ninety one or ninety two, I'm pissed. Okay, eighty percent of golfers don't break eighty. So that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So if, if if I if I'm that guy, so how how did you become a great golfer? Working my ass off. Yeah, my dad had me practicing short game every day. Uh, playing, I go walk nine to eighteen holes every day after school. Oh, yeah. So you started off early. Yeah, I was like, well, no, I was like six, seven. Well, I started, I picked up my first <clears throat> golf clubs when I moved to Huntsville. Poof. So, like I said, I've been here almost nine years, May 13th. So when I got here is when I bought my first set. And I didn't buy some, a friend give me a set of, uh, God, what was it? Uh, gosh. I didn't know at the time, but he gave me a set of blades, Oof. and they were. Uh, this story sounds eerily familiar. Oh, it, it was it was <laughs> it was the worst clubs you could ever get if you're an amateur. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, for him, they were great. I can't, I can't even forget. I can't remember the name. It's not Tideless, but what's the other good? Yeah, Mizuno's. Mizuno's. So they were Mizuno blades, and they were probably 15 years old. Hey, so, they're still some of the best blades ever made, though. I was shooting 120. 
okay? <laughs> and I didn't understand it, didn't know how to play, but he gave me – that's what I started learning on. Then I finally went and bought me some old cavity back pings and started finally getting it to about 105, okay? And, uh, you know, everybody said, Hunter, it takes five years. And I got that itch. When I got that itch, you know, I'm that person, I want to win, I want to get good, but that humbled me. I mean, I was captain of my football team. I started at quarterback from a sophomore on. I was captain of my basketball team, but golf humbled me. Yeah. That is the hardest game I've ever played in my life. So, I was about to say, one of my first times I took a buddy out that didn't play golf, he, was, he always gave me shit. He's like, oh, you just play golf. Like, I wasn't allowed to play football. Like, you were going to college to play golf in you some play golf fashion. play golf college? For a piece. Okay. And then – Took him out there. He played. He's like, we finished. He's like, holy hell, this is hard. Like, yeah. That's why I'm here every day. Mm-hmm. Because it was seven days a week, five hours a day. That's awesome. From the time yeah. I was seven till probably about 21. Yeah. that's, that's But when you get that much uh, foundation, you, you got a good game underneath you. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough to play. You can be the best athlete in the world. But if you don't have – if you can't get good, good contact – if you're short game, you can't putt, it's over. Yep. If you don't have it between the ears. That's right. That's it. Oh, buddy, when the face turns red, my golf game goes way up. What 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 are what are you best at? Is is it uh putting, chipping, is it irons or is it Don't driver? ask me, I'm an egomaniac when it comes to golf. You'll have to ask Shane. He's played enough with what, me. What is it best I would at? say Drake's probably – I would say the most consistent part is probably the way mm, I'm torn between his short game and his irons. Okay. It's one of those two. I think his irons are more consistent. Okay. I think he consistently just stripes the ball with his irons. Stripes it. Yeah. I'm a pretty good ball striker. Yeah. Pretty good ball striker. <laughs> Notice he's not talking about how I typically do shit on him off the tee box. Well, uh, let's – let's Until right, I hit 30. Gonna, I was going to say, I if we're going to air it out, we can air it out because your boy's gotten long off the tee box. What, what, what's your average drive? Now or when I was younger? Are we talking what about now? 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 Oh, I'm still about 270. 270. So and that's what's crazy. I'm a big guy, and I mean, I might be driving at 240. I mean, it's. it's but are like, you hitting it dead straight? No, probably left or right. Okay, a little okay. left or right, brother. The foam roller, uh, stretching. I, I didn't lift a weight through high school when I was still out driving all these dudes. Is that crazy? In high school, yeah. It was my my technique was all about whip and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Whip and flexibility. Yeah. Because my dad be like, "You practice, go stretch." Okay. That's that was it. And then now that I'm older and. Don't stretch. I don't stretch as much. <laughs> Got a little bit more back pain. Yeah. Because I was, but well, when you first start playing with me, I was probably about two eighty five, two ninety consistent. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that that summer that you got me started was what two thousand thirteen. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the best golf I was ever playing too. Yeah. Really? And I mean, that was the first time we went out. I was like, "Well, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I hated every second of this. It's way harder than I ever imagined it would be, and I'm never doing it again." Yeah. Two days later, maybe. We were right back out there. You got the itch, dude. And just itch. that entire summer, I mean, we yeah. lived at the golf course. And well, to my got benefit, that can teach you. Also, exactly. Yeah. Like that's why I said master. Yeah. Yeah. Still hasn't been beaten. Yeah. Well, like my golf game from <laughs> that first time picking up to the end of the summer. Oh, I mean, he dropped 12, 20 strokes. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so, it was. So was he? Was he shooting? Then. Yeah. Oh, uh, he started the first round we played. It was like one hundred and twelve. Yeah. He struggled. Yeah. We spent because neither one of us had lives like we did. We weren't married. Yeah, uh, working like just going jobs. to. The, I was actually working at the golf course yeah. at the time there too. So <laughs> I was finishing up college, 
but I was down there every day teaching him, you know, showing him stuff to do, how to fix this, how to fix that. Finally gave him some real golf clubs, not the Walmart starter set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went out one day. <clears throat> number, you parred like one and two. He stiffed one on number three at Horse Creek. It was kind of a shorter par three. Stiffed it to about a foot. That day he broke 80. And I was really? like, you just broke 80 within a month. Yeah. Because I didn't tell him to score. He was like, what am yeah. shooting? I was like, I'm not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. real big on taking over the driver's seat and not letting me see the scorecard because yeah. I get I get bad about the mental aspect. So yeah. I'll look at the scorecard and I'll see that snowman and just completely ignore the fact like, well, you had three pars before that or yeah. I'll see that double bogey and I'm like, God, dude, yeah. you freaking idiot. Like, what day. are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I dwell it's, on it's it. snowman building a multiple snowman. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's what's crazy. It, it, uh, a two-inch putt is just as important as a 300-yard drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all stroke, and it, it's the short game's tough. It's a, uh, it's 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 no different than the car business. And I tell, I got a lot of golfers that works with me, and it's so hard putting your driver, your irons, your short game, and putting those three or four things together. That's why we're not pros. When they're all put together, <laughs> you're a professional, right? Yeah. yeah. So for me, as a general manager, as a business owner, how can I get my service department humming, my parts department humming? My used car, new car department hub, my collision. How can I get all five? Because I'm spinning all five plates. Most of the time, you can't get all five plates to spin. Yeah. But if you do, you're having a good month. Mm-hmm. So, hey, maybe I can get four out of five. Maybe yeah. I can. So, that, that, the same thing running this business is golf. It's yeah. tough. Then you got to throw the people factor in it. Yeah. Well, it's like Kissner said, too. Yeah. They pay a lot of money to come in 20th place. Yeah. So, right. even if yeah. you don't get all five of them plates spinning, you can get three or four of them. That's right. You're still doing all right. Still bad, problem. <laughs> bad putting week. Still driving the green. Right. On a few yeah. short par fours. So the uh, I'm a member at the Ledges in Huntsville. I don't know if you ever played there. Nope. <clears throat> we have a we actually have a friend that yeah, Nick there. plays yeah. up there. Our friend Nick quite frequently. Plays up there. You got a friend that's uh, a uh, now as a as a member. Boom. So I'll take it. But the Corn Ferry Tournament is there at the end of April. In the first uh, week of, uh, I guess, uh, April, May. Yeah. Uh, so it runs through a couple of those, uh, maybe the 31st to the 5th. It's something like that. So the Corn Ferry Tournament's going, and I sat there and got to watch uh, Mito Herrera play. Him and uh, I think his name was Paul Bourjon. Uh, it was like a three-way playoff, and uh, they went at it. And I only recorded one guy off the tee box, and it's really cool. So when you get in the tee box, you got the announcer – at the 11.05 tee-off, it is Pito Barrera, the winner of the Bubba Classic, this classic. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just super, super cool how they announce each guy before they tee-off. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I recorded him teeing off. Never – from Chile, Pito So, I didn't know who he was. I recorded him, watched him tee-off, all that good stuff. And then, three days later – He's in it to, you know, be be top scorer. So, he gets in a three-man uh, playoff. First guy's out after the first one. Uh, then what happened, they go to the next uh, the next one, uh, the next playoff hole. Uh, the guy eagles a Ooh. par five, and he beats Pete up. Yeah. Okay? Uh, hey, if I lose, I, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, that's a good way to lose, that's, ain't yeah. you, uh, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can walk uh, out of that with your head held Paul up. That's how And what was cool was there's a blonde lady. I just I watched her walk everywhere, and she was just you know hanging by every swing. And I was like, "Is one of these guys your boyfriend?" Or She's like, "Well, Paul Bourjon's my husband. We're from Texas." So I got to walk with her for about five holes, 
and lived every just every stroke with her. Yeah. And it was the first time he's ever won on the Corn Ferry Tournament. So, you know, for them winning 140000 traveling all over the country, I mean, that's like a – that made their year. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It made, made their year. So it was super cool to watch that. But what happened by the end of the season, Pito Herrera won three Corn Ferry Tournaments. Got promoted. He got promoted. And now he's on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And he's been in the top five one time. So, I mean – it's kind of cool that I can watch his career go. Yeah, and I got to talk to him, watch him, talk to his girlfriend. So it, it, it was pretty cool. Pretty Let me cool. tell you, there is my first junior tournament where my dad was like, okay, you're ready. Let's go. Started going to tournaments all over the Southeast. My first tournament, I was 14. I was, I was 13 or 14. Get up on that first tee box, and they're like, <clears throat> from Jasper, Alabama, Drake Pittman. And all of a sudden, my yeah. butthole just went, whoop, <laughs> up. And I was like, shit. I was like, all these people are watching me. I topped the first damn tee shot. I still made par, and from there it was just on. You My dad was it. like, you, you shook it. You shook you it. You shook it, just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Like, okay. but, hey, people don't know how hard it is. Everybody says, oh, my God, how they missed that putt? Oh, my God, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. Well, when you get 6,000 people watching you. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, like 20 well, people at a club championship watching this <laughs> pressure. That's a lot of pressure. A little bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. So it's it's a tough sport. I enjoy it. It uh it makes you mentally tough, and that's this life. How do you deal with adversity? Yeah. If you can deal with adversity, you become a champion. Okay. Yep. If you're a person who can't deal with adversity, uh, life is tough. You know, life's tough. But you know, the things that don't kill us make you stronger. That was always right. my my like thing through life. Though was like I was the kid that grew up fighting kids that were trying to steal his bike. Yeah. And I was like, so what's this game going to do to me? Yeah. But, boy, golf can break your spirit. But I was like, I grew up, you know, fighting. You still love like, it the way, like you did when you first started? No. No? No, now it's just a hobby. Now it's just a hobby, yeah. Then it was life. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was like, we, we were talking about before we even started, I was like, we got to go play golf soon. Yeah. Because I, I, now I can be a fair-weather golfer. Mm-hmm. That's right. I used to be out there in freaking rain suit, rain gloves. Just well, I'm it. sure back then you was thinking college, can I move on, stuff like that. Now you just get to do it for fun, which probably is a little bit it's, – it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good for you. When you get to junior college and you see the kids that you know are going to transfer to a D1 school, you're like, there's a big talent. Here I am scratched. <laughs> These guys are – Probably about a plus six on their gin at their home club. So when I got hurt, I was like, you know what? My doctor was like, you're not going to be able to play for like a year. And I was like, shit. Okay, well. Let's find something else to do. Yeah. Let's just continue on with school then. Hey, but even if you're a plus six, you still might not make it. No. Next level. Yeah. Tiger was like a plus plus eight or nine at his home club. Yeah. Wow. And there's and Tiger kids. about quit. If you watch his, his story, he wavered a lot of times, and uh, he didn't. Th- his his parents pushed him so hard, he about quit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's kids I played played with on those junior tours are on PGA tour now. Yeah. And you could see that talent. That's awesome. It's like I got the work ethic. I just don't have the natural talent. That's right. So well, you, know. you watch Justin Thomas, 140 pounds, soaking wet, wearing boots, and he is striping it. Yeah. He's out driving. You know, he's like top ten in drives. I'm yeah. like, how in the world? Does that little dude do that? <laughs> Technique and flexibility. Yep. Oh my goodness, he turned. I've seen I've seen his workouts. So, well, what, what do you think about someone like Jordan Spieth who came in phenom, win three uh, uh, majors, and then kind of fall off the map? Now he's getting back. Yeah. But what, what do you think about that? It's just the hitch in the swing. It's, I think it's a mental the, I thing. think he got the yips. Yep. He could have got the. I think it's two things. You you win so quick, okay, uh, and you make that much money. 
when, you know, the difference of being a guy who has nothing to a guy who makes $30 million, you don't have to wake up as early. You don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. And then he also got a wife yeah. in the middle. So I think a lot of those things with the yips, mm-hmm. you had the, hey, now I got $30, 40000000 million in the bank. Now I got a wife. It, it hurts your work ethic. You when know? you have the talent, it's easy to get to the top. Yeah. But it's the work ethic that keeps you at the top. So you ever heard? That's why these guys being psychotic about their just. Connor McGregor. Yeah. yeah. Great Connor McGregor. So I was at his supposedly uh, one of his last fights. So I went to Las Vegas to watch him and Khabib fight. Okay. That's when the fight broke out in the crowd and they jumped in the ring and uh, all those things. But watching someone like that who's just a master of what they do. One had, you know, he was a champ champ, had two belts at one time, but he just fell off the map. Yeah. And the reason why is he is a multi, multi-millionaire. He sold his Irish whiskey for $500 million. Yeah. So being the guy who grind every day, had to go to work, had to be in the gym nine hours a day to the guy now that has a gym in his house on his, on his yacht. Uh, it, it changes perspective. I think uh, it's hard to do that, you know, there's not too many people who uh, can continue to focus yeah. and be that guy. I think when he, when he comes back, he'll be different because he knows okay. what it's like to have it taken away. Yeah, yeah but he's had it took away. That's for damn oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, closing out. Like I said, Walker Countyans listen to this podcast. They they go to these places that we tell them to go to. We're not huge influencers. We just we like we're like you. We go in, shake hands. We do this. We'd love to have you. Well, how about I do this, Drake? Anybody in Walker County who mentions this podcast, if they come in and say, pass the jar, I will give them $500 off any new car purchase that they want to buy. Pass the jar. And the great thing right now is we actually have inventory. So when we bought this place, uh, they give us extra inventory to buy the place, okay, and supplemental units. And right now we've got over 20 to 30 cars. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, this is the most cars I've seen on the lot haven't seen, yeah, in a while. Well, we got more cars here than we do in our Huntsville store yeah. on ground. <laughs> so, you know, Toyota coming through, so we get it for the next uh, six allocations. So we get extra units. So if you want a RAV4, you want a Camry, Tacoma, Forerunners, we actually have them right now at Bill Penny Toyota Jasper. Come in, say pass the jar, and you'll get $500 off of MSRP. No questions asked. That's all you got to say. I hope a 1,000 people come in. I hope people start coming here. And if you want more money for your vehicle, come here and get it appraised. If you want to get something, we got more means than anybody with our store in Huntsville here with two Toyota stores. We can get you the car you want. Things are a little bit different. You may have to order your car, but if you have to order it, we get it for you. If you want a Ford, if you want a Chrysler Dodge Jeep, only thing you have to do is go there and say, pass the jar, and I will get you $500 off any new car that you want to get. Mark my word. I mean, you can't beat Count it. it. You there can't you beat it. Everybody's going to think, it's, cool? yeah, everybody's gonna think it's fun and games. That's the biggest deal ever on pass the jar. Oh, yeah. We've had sponsorships. We've you know done promotions for people. That's the biggest one. Here's what I'll do, Drake. Okay. For you two guys, everybody who comes in and says, Pastor Jar, and if I if I get 10 people, 15 people, everybody that does it, I'll give each one of you guys $50 for you to do whatever. So 25 25 Hey. So if I get 10 people in here, that's 500 bucks. okay? You guys for your podcast, for uh, different things like that, if they come in here and say that, only thing I'd, I'll do that and I'll give you guys a bird dog fee 
for this podcast. And that means I'm going to give Love Shane it. and Drake $25, $25, for them to put towards their podcast to do whatever they want. Well, hopefully you could travel a little bit more. Hopefully you can get out and do some more podcasts. But yeah, yeah I mean it. So I, I'm in. So send me some customers. Hey, guys. I love you it. You hear that? Uh, if you want more merch, you come up here and see these folks. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, dude, this has been fun. Like, Enjoy. We're going to do it again. We'll get Zach on. Well, when you get to drink, you know, they told me, I was like, how long we do it? He's like, it really depends. We start drinking beer, it could be four hours. So I knew it wasn't going to be a four-hour podcast, but uh, I've really enjoyed it. Shane, you're Absolutely. great at what you do. Hey, Drake, you. you're great at what you do. It. He's got the Cody Jinx shirt on. I love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, man. Love it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the thing I do is come to the Toyota Jasper. Check us out at www.billpenny.com. You can see all our stores, all our franchises, or you can go to Bill Penny Toyota Jasper. BillPennyFord.com or BillPennyCrossroadDodgeJeep.com. You can see all our inventory. The great thing about us having five franchises, we've got more pre-owned inventory than anyone. So in the Jasper area, we have over 350 pre-owned cars. Our, if you want to use one of our salesmen, say you want to come here and see Shay or Greg Batch, he can take you to the Ford store. He can take you to the Crossroad Dodge Jeep store. He has over 350 used cars that can he sell a customer. So if you can't find it, we got a problem. Yeah. Okay. But then we keep another 350 used cars on our uh, Toyota store. So over 700 pre-owned cars to choose from. So check us online, www.billpenny.com. We'll get you anything you need. And again, Fords. Chrysler Dodge Jeeps, Mitsubishis, and Toyotas, your one-shop stop for anything. Check us out. Let me tell you, folks, you may have doubts about this this change that happens in Walker County. It's a big change, especially getting service. You got to get to work. You need Mm -hmm. a car. You know, sitting here talking to Hunter just for this hour, two hours that we've been sitting here talking, chopping it up, I can tell you with ease in my heart, you are in good hands. That's right. I, I fully endorse that. We don't endorse many things on this podcast except that we're tell you to eat and get your beer. <laughs> but, you know, now we're talking to business, big, big business owners. we got some politicians coming. Yeah. But let me tell you, change is not always a bad thing here, That's especially right. here in Walker County. Come up and see these folks. Trust me. You well, are in good hands. There's a lot of change coming to Walker County because Walker County is growing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And more growth mm-hmm. is the is better for the future of Walker County. Absolutely. So if you want more opportunities in Walker County, be okay with the change. You can't be afraid. More growth is good for your kids and your loved ones. It's, it's good yeah. things are happening. Hunter. We're going to get him on here, okay? Yeah, we yeah. need. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to bring you all to the Thunderdome. I mean, yeah. I'll go Thunderdome. There we go. <laughs> Man, I appreciate it, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime, I hate, I hate we're keeping you up. You got to drive you driving back to Huntsville tonight? got to drive back to Huntsville. <laughs> got about an hour and 20-minute drive. Put the pedal to the metal. Stop at the Petro. Get me a little Salisbury steak action, and I'm on the road. Look okay? at him. Hey, yeah. hey, a man with a plan. The Petro. man buddy. with a plan. Love it. Love come it. come up here and tell Hunter, hey, I heard you on Pass the Jar. Pass That's the Jar. It. Man, and we'll pass the jar next time. Trust That's me. That's right. We keep, right. It, we keep it on stock. Keep oh, yeah. it real. <laughs> Keep it real. Man, I appreciate you coming on for real. I appreciate Thank you me, having buddy. us here after hours. My first podcast, buddy. Yeah, and it's been a fun one. It has. Right. It has. So next time we'll set up a tea time, and like I said, we'll go whip Shane's At the ass. ledges. I'll, yeah. I'll bring it hey. to my house. We'll whip we'll Shane so there. bad, he'll ask he'll I'm ask in. for a decrease in pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not betting no money with old Mr. Scratch Golfer, that's for sure. <laughs> Folks, uh, I appreciate y'all listening. This has yeah. been a fine podcast. If that jar is not empty, pass that thing around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you. Come up here, buy a car, and tell them you heard us here. We'll see y'all next time.